Just over a week into training camp, and I am, I am, I am exhausted. Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Levick Alive. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up! Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. All right, Stone, here's how we need to start the show. Uh, can you get uh, can you get Oppenheimer, please? Just have Oppenheimer ready. Because this is a day of, of, of great news. Not great news, but like great as far as profile. Massive news in sports. We're on conference realignment watch. So we're going we're gonna to talk NFL training camp. We're going to talk. How could, how could we make Zach Wilson's 57-yard completion last night about Aaron Rodgers? Well, it took us about like an hour to do that. I'm just exhausted. I'm so tired of training camp already. Tired of it. Tired of it. Sick of it. It's wearing on me. But because we're a responsible organization, this ESPN West Palm, we need to make sure we're giving you the latest, the latest in conference realignment because it's hot and heavy. Late last night, reports that it's not just Colorado leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. It's also Arizona and Arizona State. Earth shattering. But it's not just that. No, no, no. It's not just that. It's not just Arizona, Arizona State. I've aggregated all of this, Stone. All of it because it is so massively important. Then we get news earlier this morning from Yahoo that maybe it's just Arizona leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12. But then, Stone, it was at 9.30 a.m. this morning, Dan Wetzel, Yahoo!, Reporting, the Pac-12 has a meeting in the next hour to discuss its media deal in the signing of a grant of rights. But then, Dan Wetzel, 45 minutes after that, the Pac-12 couldn't close a grant of rights deal this morning. Late last night, Oregon and Washington, this Nicole Arbach of The Athletic. It appears Oregon and Washington leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. Then, early this morning, Oregon and Washington exit from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten appears to have lost momentum overnight. 
But then Brett McMurphy, 40 minutes ago, Oregon and Washington are still expected to be Big Ten bound. Oh, God. Which does too much. It's too much, man. If you asked me to recite everything that you just said, I don't even think I'd be able to. No, Like, not even remember. No. Uh, It is... It's really, really, really frustrating. But now, after the uh, lack of a grant of rights in the Pac-12, Yahoo reporting... Arizona likely again to be joined by Arizona State to the Big 12. Like, it's just so ridiculous. Up, this according to Sportico. Florida State working with J.P. Morgan, the financial firm, to raise institutional money for the Seminoles Athletic Department. The thinking is this could spur them to leave the ACC for the SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah, it's fine. Just blow it up. Thank you. So I hope you all got that. There's going to be a quiz later. I suppose that what this means is that uh, I guess Florida State is going to leave the ACC if they're going to do it by next year. They need it until August 15th to uh, make their, their, their intentions known. It looks like by the time we finish the show today, Oregon and Washington could be in the Big Ten. Arizona and Arizona State could be in the Big 12. The Pac-12 is falling apart. Uh, what else did I do? Anything? No, I, not, not about does it, I think. Not really. Uh, Oregon had their media day for all their athletes, and there was no Pac-12 patch on their yeah, jerseys, saw right? That. Groundbreaking saw that. stuff. Saw that. Uh, and also, so, yeah. question. Mm-hmm. In regards to Florida State collaborating with J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan, that is... I have no idea. Well, I, I was going to say, so the president of J.P. Morgan is a seminal, I would assume. Or I, no, I don't One know. Of the I, no, I think that they just were like, hey, how can we, uh, how can we, we make the most money possible uh, and put ourselves in good financial standing so we can tell the ACC to bleep off, and I have a feeling that's why they're involved. If you want me to go into the minutiae of it, I can't, so don't ask. I don't know. I don't know, but that's the only thing that I can think why J.P. Morgan is now involved is because they're going to have to be paying $30 million every year for the next, what, 13 years and $120 million additional dollars to leave the ACC. So having J.P. Morgan involved, uh, it seems, it almost, like when you were talking college athletics and you have J.P. Morgan involved, there's something very bleak about that. There's something that feels uh, inherently horrific about that, but that... uh, that's the reality, folks. So, uh, college football, good times. Good uh, good times, everybody. Uh, last night, uh, the, the Browns beat the Jets in the, the Hall of Fame game, the vaunted Hall of Fame game to start the NFL preseason. Stone, how much of it did you watch? Because you said there was a chance that you might go all four quarters last night. I gave it the first half. Kellen Mond was so bad for the Browns that it kind of just turned me off. So, I gave it the first half. You gave it the whole first half? I did. All right. I gave it, as I said, about three or four plays. Uh, one of the plays that I did see was the 57-yard completion from Zach Wilson to who? I don't even remember. Malik Taylor. Malik Taylor. Who? Malik Taylor. Yeah, but who? I, I, don't, I don't No idea. Okay. All right. I was just wondering. Maybe I was missing something. Um, 
you may recall yesterday here on this program, here on Ken Levick Alive, uh, there was a, a call from, from a Derek in Boynton. And Stone, if you could bring up the Instagram post that you, uh, that, uh, that, that, that you made, um, there, was a, there was a call from Derek. He, he was wondering, just for betting purposes, because we were discussing how much of the Hall of Fame game we were actually going to, uh, to watch, uh, there was a discussion about whether or not Zach Wilson was going to hit the over-under 61 passing yards. And sure enough, it was done largely because of a 57-yard throw. And I got to give Stone credit. Stone called it. Stone absolutely called it. I was, I was jumping on with Derek to rip Zach Wilson saying, yeah, that's not going to happen. Garrett Wilson's not even playing. That's not going to happen. Uh, but but Stone, Stone called it. He said that uh, this is going to happen. This is going to take place, and uh, we'll hear it eventually. But Stone, I want to give you credit. You you nailed it. You called it over sixty one, and it happened in the way that you said it was going to be done with a deep ball from Zach Wilson. So uh, well done to you. Yeah, think about it. These plays are scripted in the NFL, so there are shot calls on there. And it's just a matter of fact when they get called, when you see the coverage you want, and, and yeah, some certain somebody gave it the nod here. All right, so that's that's where this is endlessly annoying. We can't just leave it at oh, Zach Wilson did something positive. I when the throw happened, one of my first thoughts was well, my first thought was, damn it, Stone was right. This sucks. Like I'm going to hear about this. But then my second thought was, how are we going to make this about Aaron Rodgers? Here's where I thought this was going to go. Oh, Zach Wilson unleashing it. Because they were up against the goal line. They were inside the five, yeah. right? Uh, I, I thought that the, the, the discussion off of this would be Aaron Rodgers clearly has instilled confidence in Zach Wilson. I thought for sure that's what we were going to hear um, to, to make this somehow about Aaron Rodgers. Instead, it was, well, you'll hear it from Zach Wilson after the game last night. Uh, it was it was not just the confidence Aaron Rodgers has infused into Zach Wilson. It was Aaron Rodgers who made the brave play call. Take it away, Zach. Do we want Zach Wilson talking about the play call or the pass? Uh, oh, yeah, let's hear the pass first. You're right. Let's hear the Second and seven. Back to throw from the goal line. Has time. Floats a bomb down the left sideline. Drops it in. All the way out to the 40 of Cleveland Malik Taylor. Pulls in the bomb from Zach Wilson. And the Jets are in business first and 10 inside the 40 of the Browns. That's Bob Washusen on the call. ESPN New York and the New York Jets radio network. Now, Zach Wilson making sure the world knows, hey, that was number eight, Aaron Rodgers, living legend. Can you talk about that, the long one, the 57 yard? Yeah, great call by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> he called that one? I had to, had to give him a little shout out there. Uh, yeah, backed up, taking a shot down the field. Um, you know, kind of pick your matchup. Those guys were kind of just playing single, single, single man. And, you know, I think that's great for preseason ball, so you see what guys can win and separate. And, um, Malik's done a great job all training camp, so I wanted to go to his side. I like the matchup with the corner as well, and he did a great job winning. And did Aaron call that entire series or just that play? I think it was just that play. I didn't. He wasn't on the headset. Hackett's calling the plays, but I think it was his suggestion of the play, so I had to uh, give him, had to give him a look. God, I mean, this is how it's going to be with the Jets all year. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I, uh, oh, uh, they the. Uh, the sack of Mac Jones. Oh, that was Aaron Rodgers who called uh, called that defensive play from the sideline. He called that blitz. Like th- this is what it's going to be all year long. Uh, of course, 
of course, Aaron Rodgers. And you know the writers are eating that up. Mm. Mm. We'll talk more about Aaron Rodgers. And uh, he didn't have the headset on. And uh, there's no proof that he actually called that. But tell us how he called it. Mm. 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 I love it. Mm. He had it's spicy. On. Mm. He just said, Zach Wilson said, not at that point he didn't have the headset on. It was, it was Hackett. It was Hackett. I mean, it's just so irritating. <laughs> well, Aaron's, everything is Aaron Rodgers all the time with this stupid team. Aaron's not in Zach Wilson's helmet, but yeah, he's definitely on the comms with uh, Nathaniel. Oh, right, that's a good call. I, I just enough already, man. I mean, it was brutal. I, I'm not. Uh, it's fight a, it. it's exhausting. It, it it can't just be left at at Zach Wilson made a good throw. It was hey, uh, good 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 stuff, Aaron Rodgers. But then the the media hears it and ESPN hears it and it's, mm, 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 oh. That is delicious. More of that, Zach. Come on. Mm. Mm. Seconds. Give me, give me some seconds. Yeah, they I, did go back I mean, for seconds, actually, and they, they did. So did Aaron call the whole drive or just that play? Right, 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 right. I mean, the 900 follow-ups. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. The Jets have been in training camp for two weeks. The Dolphins have been in training camp, my team, for a week. I'm already exhausted. It's not just Aaron Rodgers, and we've gotten just a faceful bludgeon by Aaron Rodgers stuff, whether it's his triumphant uh, debut at the Jets facility, day one of training camp, and then, ooh, the pictures of Aaron Rodgers wearing a green Jets helmet, and ooh, it's Aaron Rodgers in the 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 80s and 90s Jets uniforms they're going to wear three times during the course of the year. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then there's Sean Payton versus Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers dropping the get my coach's name out your mouth, stupid nonsense. Uh, and, oh, hard knocks. Uh, I mean, uh, we, it's going to make it tough. It's going to be a distraction. Uh, but sure enough, there's Aaron Rodgers at the Jets facility making sure he's on Instagram being uh, being being filmed with his teammates doing stupid stuff with with Nerf uh, machine guns for the Hard Knocks cameras. Uh, and then now this with Zach Wilson in a game Aaron Rodgers didn't play and Aaron Rodgers getting the credit for the Zach Wilson 57-yard completion in single high coverage as if he wasn't already going to make that throw. It, it, it's, it's overwhelming and it's very annoying. But let's focus on the Dolphins for a second, shall we? So there's the obvious Jalen Ramsey. When's he going to be back? That's out of necessity, that storyline, because that's the reason they had to go get Eli Apple to, to show up the secondary. And uh, what are you going to do on the other side of Xavier Howard in the secondary? That's not a sexy storyline, though. So we talk about it, but it doesn't have the overwhelming nature of what is the true, most annoying, exhausting storyline at Dolphins training camp, and that's, to a falling. I mean, it was, I knew that this was going to happen when we had the, the heads up about the jujitsu training that Tua was going through in the offseason about how to protect his head. And there, almost every day, there's another story, another question about Tua. How is he falling? Tua, how's the jujitsu training going? Tua, uh, how do you protect yourself? Uh, a question about how much he's actually hit his head since starting the jujitsu training. And apparently Tua could only recollect one time where he fell and actually hit his head uh, from uh, like March to now. Right, this is what we're doing. And then there's the Tua sleeve, arm sleeve, the tattoo. And then there's Tua falling. So it's either the arm sleeve or the tattoo or, or the, 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 the falling. For Tua. It's just, it's exhausting. And this is why I can't stand this time of year. Because it's either a discussion about, hey, who's going to be the uh, the third linebacker? Or it's, Tua, are you going to fall on your head? Enough. I think for me, it's almost malpractice by the media. 
And because uh, obviously Tua doesn't want to talk about it. I don't think he has any interest in talking about his tattoos. Now, but in the media, in their defense, like you got to come up with content on a daily basis during an entire six-week cycle where there's no games of any meaning. So I'm not trying to bag on the media. What I'm saying, though, is that this is the symptom of what is the worst time of year, yeah. and that's NFL training camp, because it's a lot of hyperbole about things that in the grand scheme of things don't really make a ton of difference. Like, yes, two and how he falls makes a difference, but we have ad nauseum discussed this for months. But now you have the man in the flesh, so that resets that entire content cycle. Yeah, I think where I battle with it is what X's and O's are we looking to see, to hear, all that kind of stuff. Like, like, do we want to hear more about Tyree Kale? Do we want to hear about how schematically McDaniel and Tungabailoa have kind of found this gelling like I mean what are we looking for as far as football content it's a tough spot to be in because I eat it all up personally I know you don't I know a lot of people don't so it's kind of this this game of balance we're almost playing um so I'm 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 done with uh with the two of jujitsu so done the two of falling I I want to hear how uh year two is going to be even better with Tyreek Hill how Jalen Waddle is evolving with Tua yeah, but you did hear that what? with Tyreek Hill, the 2,000 yards in a promised Super Bowl. So right, got but, a little bit but of that has nothing content. to do with his relationship with Tua and them continuing uh, to evolve that on-field relationship. What is your team's training camp storyline that you're already exhausted by? Here's my fear with Jets fans, is that they're not sick of anything Aaron Rodgers related. Like, they, they love this. They're bathing in this. Anything Aaron Rodgers all A-Rodge, all the time. I, it, it's it's got to be just an exhausting way to live. Like, How many different ways can you hear the story of Aaron Rodgers calling the play or calling the series for Zach Wilson? How many more breakdowns of Aaron Rodgers' words about Nathaniel Hackett can you see broken down on first take? I don't know. I, I think this is going to take soul-searching. Love the Dolphins. Can't wait for the season. They're a bit under the radar because of the Jets. Um, but I, I, I don't want to hear any more jujitsu stuff with, with Tua. I just, I don't. What is your team's training camp storyline you're already exhausted by? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And on social media, at KLV1063. 3776. So am I going by the assumption here, Stone, that you are you are indeed going full Jets fan approach to this this discussion? Yeah, as far as I'm, what I'm getting exhausted by, I think my right thumb from retweeting all the Jets content uh, that continuously comes up on my timeline. Physical exhaustion. Physical exhaustion. Because this New York Jets social media team has probably one of the easiest jobs in the world. I mean, they're tweeting gifts out of Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson smiling at each other. Like, it's just too easy, whether it angers people or the Jets fans eat it up. Like, it's a win-win for them. Um, I'm not diving that much into it because I think I'm in, like, the 90-10 minority at this point. Like, 10 people want the Jets content, and the other 90 are being force-fed it, like we had talked about yesterday. So, I don't want to do it too much because it's here goes this guy. But, I mean, it's it's cool to see a 40-year-old be kind of Invited in with open arms in this new kind of era that that he's embarking on, but of course it is annoying. I know that. Uh, but you're not annoyed by it. It sounds. I'm like. not annoyed by it at all. I think it's cool. I think to see 
a player go from, can't call it a low point, but just a complete disagreement or stalemate with an entire organization and then to kind of take a trip, not across the country, but a ways away and have the, the welcome party that he had and the fans bring him in and kind of like a rejuvenation of a bottom feeding. It's cool to watch. It's cool to... You just call the Packers a bottom feeding or, or you're Jets. calling the Jets a bottom feeding. Yeah, they haven't won a Super Bowl okay. in 50 years and now there's hope in the city and, and all the New York content is going to hit the timelines and annoy a lot of people. <clears throat> you. So I think some of this stuff's going to be fun, but of course it is uh, coming a dime a dozen. Let me uh, let me get you your your audio credit, by the way, of uh, of you predicting Zach Wilson. And again, the over under was sixty one passing yards last night, and this is on the show yesterday. This was Derek and Boynton, I believe it was, uh, who who asked for our advice about whether he should uh, bet the over or the under. And I, of course, out of petty feelings, I didn't really think it through, so take the under. I mean, Garrett Wilson's not playing; take the under. But here's uh, Captain Jet himself. Stone Labanowitz with the correct prediction, not only of the over 61, but how it was going to happen from yesterday's Ken Levick Alive. Jack Wilson, over under 61 yards. What do you think? They said probably max three series. So with three series, you can assume that... And there's no Garrett Wilson. There's, yeah, there's, there's no Garrett me. Wilson, but I think with three series, uh, you can guarantee that he's at least going to take a shot down the field for that 30 to 45 yard range. So there's a chunk of that 61. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if he drives down the field, you can tack another 40 on there. So I'm going over here for yeah. Zach Wilson. You're, of course, you're going over. You love the Jets. Jay. He does, he's Jay. so annoying, right? Like he's, he, and he doesn't even love the Jets. He's just, he loves eight. He loves number I know. eight on the sideline. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. Right. How good does that feel? The head. It feels good. It feels good. Do I, do I want to say I'm surprised? No. Was I surprised? No. Well, not at all. This is how football works. Kid knows some ball. Uh, it was cool oh, because you were the first person I thought of. So there's that yeah. in a non-creepy way. Um, I said, I can't wait to see that guy. So, I mean, we're at 100% hype now for the Jets, right? Because even the, the backup quarterback is inspired, inspired by the great Aaron Rodgers. What's your team's training camp storyline that you're already exhausted by? Mine is Tua and the constant discussion of how he falls and the constant discussion of jujitsu. Uh, I'm endlessly just drowning in Jets nonsense and Aaron Rodgers' love fest. What is your team's training camp storyline? You are already exhausted by. Most of your teams have only been in camp a week. What are you exhausted by? If you're the Bengals, I'm sure calf talk. You've had enough. Now you're about to tap out. No more calf talk. No more Joe Burrow calf talk. No more what is this do with Joe Burrow's contract situation. What's your team's training camp storyline you're exhausted by? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Derek in Boynton on Ken LeVick Alive. Derek, uh, let's let's go ahead and just give kudos to Stone for his prediction. Respect, Stone. Respect. He totally nailed it, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Shout out, Derek. Appreciate yeah. that. Did brother. you end up? Did you end up uh, laying laying a bet on uh, on the sixty one? No, no, I didn't feel like doing that this time. I mean, betting on a, the first ever preseason game is kind of degenerate. <laughs> uh-huh. I was going to say, like Derek, I would be calling for assistance for you if you ended up doing that. So I'm glad <laughs> to hear that uh, that that didn't take place. Appreciate you, Derek. Um, did you put any money on stuff last night? No, okay. no. Same reason as Derek. That's like. Uh, I don't know. That's like a different stratosphere of, of sports gambling. Come on, dude. 
<laughs> what? What? You it, put money on like second and third division soccer. Well, okay. You do you know, random I, tennis it, tournaments. There, there Come are, on, dude. There's no such thing as a random tennis tournament. First of all, okay. <laughs> like they all have names, and they're all in these awesome places. Uh-huh. As far as the second and third division soccer, I mean, that's a tough spot. I won't openly admit to doing any of that stuff, but the Hall of Fame game is a brutal <laughs> spot to be betting. But look at the sports books. I mean, 61 finished with 65. Some of the books got it at 64. He finished at 65. Like, they're on the money, and the season hasn't even started. It's scary stuff. Uh, do I need real football? I can't. I, I don't know why this is just wearing on me. I, I'm 39 years old, and this is my 39th NFL training camp. And, boy... I am exhausted. Is it a rank up there in, in the Oh yeah, I remember I remember at age three. <laughs> I remember that Bears training camp uh, in uh, in Platteville, Wisconsin. Whew, what a what a grind that was. What's your team's training camp storyline that you're already exhausted by? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. We take your calls. And your social media. But let me tell you about Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, you need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. The one redeeming thing about the Hall of Fame game was uh, was the uh, the discussion about uh, about Zach Taylor and uh, you know when when you look at or Zach Thomas I mean when you look at at the 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 Dolphins angle of this like Zach Thomas forever has been uh, oh, better than Urlacher better than Urlacher why isn't he in why isn't he in and now this is like the culmination of I saw the Palm Beach Post uh, wrote something will will Zach Thomas cry will will tears come to Zach Thomas did you see his reaction to being inducted into the Hall of Fame his uh, to being voted in yes Zach Thomas is going to uh, going to cry and perhaps Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is going to uh, be there to cry as well. Uh, we're off to a roaring start. Mm. All right. We have football from every weekend on at this point. So we're, we're in the clear. Like, I, but again, it doesn't mean anything. We haven't lifted off the runway yet, but these wheels are, are moving. The engines are roaring. The fans are spinning. Your seatbelt sign is on. Ah, God. What is your team's training camp storyline you're already exhausted by? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on social media, at KLV1063. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It's been brought to my attention that Josh Cohen of the Josh Cohen and the home team with Dean Thomas and Tina Extravaganza every day at 4 here on ESPN 106.3 has made news or at the very least created content from the media day 
the Q&A session, the press conference with Nate Diaz and Jake Paul and whatever that circus is going to be tomorrow night in the boxing ring. We'll get to that in uh, in, in just a moment. It is, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, Unhinged? Excessively stupid and <laughs> immature. Is that a good way to put it? Of course. Yeah. That's the first thing I think when I think Jake Paul. They did, and Josh Cohen. Uh, not exactly. Now, Josh is wildly intelligent. Uh, uh, but when uh, we're uh, talking uh, Nate Diaz <laughs> and Jake Paul, we're not exactly talking a bastion of brains, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it even exists. No. Just mush. Uh, especially Nate Diaz is. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean that in an endearing way. It's uh, the last thing I need. Uh, There's like 47, 47 Diaz's that were listening at all times, and I don't need my ass kicked because they will confront you. And they will confront me, and they will try to kick my ass. Well, they not try. Will. Will kick my ass. So, Nate, love you. Uh, so, we'll, uh, we'll get to that in, uh, in, in just a moment. Uh, but let's listen to, to Josh Allen. We've been discussing what's your team's training camp storyline you're already exhausted by. The Bills are apparently, uh, they're, um, they're just playing the hits at training camp. Because Josh Allen, Bill's quarterback, was on with uh, the Pardon My Take guys, Barstool. And you'll never guess what came up. You'll never guess, if you're a Dolphins fan, what came up. That's right. Josh Allen and the Bills are still whining about the sun from week three last year. Last year. We're almost a full calendar year. Week three last year. The L the Dolphins handed the Bills. It was so sweaty at Hard Rock Stadium. Josh Allen's still obsessed with it. Miami game was crazy. Miami game was crazy. A lot of, a lot of, was, we were straight in the heat. And they, they construct that stadium too where it mm-hmm. just beats down on the opposing team. Yep. It's, it's crazy. It really is. Like, stop. It's so weak and soft of them. That's worse than anything Aaron Rodgers. And they've been complaining so much that the NFL ended up giving them a, a little pacifier. They said, hey, Bills, Josh Allen, here. Here's week 17 at Hard Rock Stadium. So you're nice and comfy. I, I mean, just the softest. Just the softest. And the, it was not constructed right. purposely to uh, act like a magnifying glass in the sun directed towards the visiting sideline, okay? there was They didn't rotate the stadium in order for that to be the case. That's just sort of how it ended up. There have been countless college programs that have come through to play the Hurricanes, same stadium, same time of year, same heat. Those guys don't whine and complain about it. But man, the Bills just won't stop. Just won't stop. I mean, it was around that same time of year last year, same sun, that Middle Tennessee State came in and absolutely beat the all-living hell out of the Hurricanes. They weren't complaining about the heat, but the Bills, Bills fans calling for OSHA to get involved. Our boys were so sweaty. It's really pathetic and unbecoming of that franchise. I think what really aggravated me from the soundbite was the fact that it sounded like he thought he was telling the pardon my take boy something. Like he said it with such conviction. Like he was teaching them. Oh, like, that hey, was crazy. That son said they constructed it. It was beating down on you. Like, stop. You don't know that. So don't just be spewing that out there as if it's true. No, you're right, Josh. Your, uh, your stadium that is, uh, is, is basically uh, Siberia. <laughs> Literally Siberia. For half the season. No, you're right. Oh, no, I'm, but I'm sure it was constructed that way. I'm sure it was constructed that way. 
the, the Bills are just insufferable. Just insufferable. And this is why I hope to God that window, that championship window is closing, at least for now. Like, they'll be back at it again because Josh Allen's their quarterback. But it's just so whiny. And it's just so hopeful. Like, enough already. Enough. What a turnoff that is. Oh, it was the sun. It's too hot. Oh, but when, when you come in and it's two degrees and the wind's blowing and your own fans are at risk, uh, putting their lives at risk to get to the stadium, then it's A-OK, right? Thumbs up, right? Thumbs up. Stupid. The Dolphins almost beat them in the Tundra. Inside I know. Georgia. I know. And you didn't hear a peep from us. The Dolphins should have won that game. Two a balled out yep. in that game. In the snow. In the snow. Uh, all right. Let's get to this Josh thing. So, Josh, uh, thanks to the fine folks at Celsius, is uh, down in Dallas, right? This is where uh, yep. where Jake Paul, Nate Diaz. Uh, if you don't know, Jake Paul, professional YouTuber, uh, dabbles in boxing, and what he has done over the last uh, three years or so is he's taken uh, washed-up MMA fighters, uh, ones that are very popular in the UFC, and he's boxed them. Uh, and he has typically beaten them, and it becomes a big extravaganza, big paydays. Jake Paul's a great self-promoter. Uh, his brother, Logan Paul, fought Floyd Mayweather. Uh, it's, it's, it's not celebrity boxing, but it's, uh, it's not exactly pro boxing either. It's like exhibition boxing. Yeah, it is. But they're able to drum up, like, hey, there's hatred here. We don't like one another. And because it's Jake Paul and young people love him, they sell a lot of pay-per-views, and it ends up being the most lucrative payday that any of these fighters, UFC champions, any of these fighters will ever get is boxing Jake Paul. Uh, not, not great for Dana White, right? Not a great look for Dana White, but it's great for these fighters. It's why they continue to sign up to go box Jake Paul, even though there's a chance that they're going to get knocked out if you're Tyron Woodley. Uh, gonna get embarrassed if you're uh, what's his face, the guy that uh, Masvidal uh, nearly need uh, to death, Ben Askren. Yeah, Ben Askren. Um, so, so this is now Nate Diaz, who is one of the most hard-headed, uh, all-time popular fighters in UFC history. Right? He's never he's never met a fight that he wasn't pumped to be a part of because he just likes to fight. He doesn't. I mean, he's lost plenty of fights. But he's also won plenty of fights because he loves to fight. He's just, it, it, at his core, his DNA is let's fight, let's brawl, let's fist fight. Right? Think, is that a pretty accurate description in Nate Diaz? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think when you get down to the nitty-gritty, he probably has a conversation to be the most beloved UFC fighter of all time. Just that cult of personality conversation that we can go on and on about. Like, he may not be intelligent, and I think we can all realize that, but you love this guy. All he wants to do is scrap and talk a little... Bleep. So uh, we uh, we really sent the IQ level down into the mud yesterday. Josh Cohen, who has previously made headlines in an MMA setting when uh, when when he and Conor McGregor had a run in with one another. Uh, actually, is there any way? Do we have that? Do I we, mean, I, I could find it. Yeah, just find it real quick. Find it real quick, and I'll uh, I'll buy you some time here because this is not the first time that our own Josh Cohen here at ESPN 106.3 has uh, has made waves in the MMA community because Josh Cohen, uh, you hear him talk about if you listen to his show four to six every day, the pink suit guy phenomenon. This guy showed up in a pink blazer. This Josh Cohen at a, a, a Conor McGregor weekend. Uh, in Vegas and basically called out Conor McGregor and his lack of wins over several years to Conor McGregor's face 
at this press conference, and Conor McGregor did not take it well. He was not happy. He was um, upset, I think is the best way to put it. And I don't know... Stone, if this is something you need to edit. I don't remember the intricacies of this thing. So I'm currently listening, and there's definitely some editing that needs to be done. That needs to be done. Obviously from Connor's end. Yeah, yeah. All right. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? When we come back, Josh Cohen, our own, we're very proud of him. He's our, our, he says he's covering the fight. I don't know what that means. I don't think he's actually going to be reporting from it and or writing anything from it or even doing a video blog or anything from it. But... (laughs) He has made headlines. He has made waves because he has once again inserted himself into the soundbite of the fight, Nate Diaz and Jake Paul tomorrow night, much like he did a couple of years ago with Conor McGregor. We'll give you the timeline of Josh Cohen press conference greatness when we come back because ESPN 106.3 in the headlines, admittedly because of Josh. And you know what? Damn it. I respect it. We'll have you listen to it when we return. He's Tony Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Uh, do we have uh, our, our breaking news open stone? Breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Why don't we hear that? Breaking news on ESPN 106.3 is brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. If your vehicle has issues with braking or other issues, get it fixed right, right now at St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Stone, I need you to arm the bomb. Arm the bomb. This is urgent. Beep, 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 I think it probably just requires flipping a switch, but that's fine too. Brett McMurphy, Action Network, reporting. Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. So there that is. There that is, right? I don't know what there is off of that. Uh, The Pac-12 is dead. The Pac-12 is dead. It is just disintegrated. Um, or it's a barren bone yard wasteland. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it, it, nuclear fallout. It's dead. Uh, so, yeah, Oregon and Washington are in the Big Ten. That Oregon Rutgers trip is going to be going to be something. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, then now the Pac-12 as of now. So the way things are, if you're scoring at home. The way things stand for the 2024 edition of the uh, Pac-12. By the way, we should get our man Pat Shun, former FAU athletic director, currently at Washington State. Uh, we should uh, we should get him on Monday. I can't imagine he's in a great mood or has much time today. But your Pac-12 in 2024. Keep in mind too, San Diego State, who beat FAU in the Final Four, they were desperately trying to get into the Pac-12 as of like two weeks ago. Uh, they got saved from themselves. They got saved from themselves. Could you imagine they go to the Pac-12 and then all of these teams vacate? So if Arizona and Arizona State, which now I think they're definitely going to the Big 12, both of them, and Utah's probably going with them because they were the third team in that trifecta that would go to the Big 12. There's no reason for them to stay in the Pac-12 now. If Arizona and Arizona State, as people expect, are going to the Big 12 and Utah's going, as people expect, to the Big 12, 
and now Oregon and Washington are going to the Big Ten. Here is your 2024 Pac-12. Washington State. Oregon State. Stanford. Cal. Am I missing anything? I do not think No, because so. UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Right. <laughs> You've got the Pac-4. <laughs> One more time, run through the four. Uh, Washington State. Oregon State. Stanford. And Cal. Okay. Um, Everybody else is accounted for, I think. So you can't compete with 14. No, no, no. You, no you cannot have a four-team conference. Right. You just this can't. isn't a baseball division. <laughs> I mean, there's just like... There's no way. There's just no way that works. You can't. You know. Okay. So the whole thing's blown up. So yeah, it's blown up. So in five years, or I, for the next upcoming generation, they're just not going to know of a Pac-12. Uh, I, either either Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal are all also going to go to the Big Twelve, or they're going to go to the American. You go to the Mountain West. I suppose you could go to the Mountain West. But if you're Washington I, State, I mean, I don't think you want to go to the Big Ten. Or we're about to see, like, FAU just went to the American. And so SMU, they'll go to the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, you've already got... Who else is... All right. All right. Th- this, this deserves its own, like, 1 o'clock attention. I want to play Josh. I want to hear DeMarcus Ware sing the national anthem from last night. But at 1 o'clock, we are, we are going to create our own conference realignment. Oh. This whole thing is so annoying, by the way. Like, this is just so endlessly annoying. It's annoying, and it's also hard to follow, even for some of the most intelligent minds out there, because it's uncharted waters. Like, this hasn't happened so, before, so we don't know the next steps. We don't know anything. This also means that we're going uh, to have three conferences that have a chance at the college football playoff. Got to love that, right, Shrink? No, that's stupid. No, I see. I don't like it as spread out uh, as it is right now, Because too. Because if, if Florida State ends up going to the Big Ten or the SEC, then the ACC is going to fall apart because Clemson will go with them, Right. Uh, and then it's just going to be what ex- exactly what happened. Forget this grant of rights nonsense. Uh, you're, the ACC, once Clemson and Florida State leave, the ACC is nothing. The ACC and the American are the same league. The ACC and the American are the same league once Clemson and Florida State leave, which now I think is inevitable. I get that. But however you can shape it up, and like you said, we're going to get to this at one, but uh, giving the teams the resources they need to compete with the SEC, I guess that's the ultimate no, they, goal. They, that's the goal. Right, right. But it also means that forget regional rivalries anymore, all the stuff that made college football great. It's just all of this conference movement has happened because of one sport. One sport. One sport. And because of television networks. Yeah, and as a player, my mind immediately goes to, if I'm a Florida State Seminole and we're going to Big Ten 12, I don't want to go play in the freezing cold in November and December. Like, welcome to go, welcome to Wisconsin. Like, welcome to, this is brutal. I'm not wholly against this, but what I'm saying is there's something that is so bleak about all of this change happening because of financial windfall with television network contracts. Just television. Yeah, like, that's it. They're in control. That's it. And so I understand Florida State wanting to leave the ACC to go to the Big Ten or the the SEC because you're talking about a $40 million difference per year. Like, that's significant. It helps. That's massive. So I get that. It just sucks that we're now on, like, what, year eight of this crap because of a money grab. And, and but 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 NILs ripping apart college athletics. Got it. Got it. No, you're right. You're right, coaches. You're right, Dabo. I want to NILs see. ruined everything. Oh, bud, go ahead and chase uh, chase that sack of cash 
that ESPN's throwing at you when you go to another conference. We're $120 million for a buyout for the ACC. But please keep whining and complaining about NIL and making sure players receive some compensation. Yeah, and I'll be damned if any of the TV contract money creeps into the NIL collective ah! and these kids see any of it. That's hilarious. What any a hilarious it? joke you just made. Any of it. Um. All right. So Josh Cohen, this was back in 2021. This is before Conor McGregor fought Dustin Poirier for the third time. Uh, this was Josh Cohen uh, and his, his legendary UFC press conference moment, his run-in with the great Conor McGregor. Conor, right here. Conor, question for you. You have won exactly one fight since Barack Obama was president. To a place where time doesn't exist <laughs> six months ago. Uh, Why should anyone expect anything different on Saturday? It's one more, it's Look, one more fight I won than your little sissy ass, your little funny pad. Why should we expect anything different on Saturday? No, he, also, what's Con- funny, too, is he called him a fanny pad. Like Connor called him a, a fanny pad. I still, to this day, have no idea what he's talking about, but <laughs> I, it was funny. I think it might be a tampon. I think if I had to throw one oh, out there. Oh, you're right. Could be. Does he Does he know that a fanny, it doesn't go in a fat, whatever. Right, right. It right, is whatever. whatever. Whatever, man. Cool, Connor. Uh, so so that was, that was uh, Josh Cohen, all-time great MMA media moment one from 2021. Then here's yesterday. This isn't MMA. This is, uh, this is boxing, per se, but there is a lot of MMA media, so it counts as Josh Cohen, great MMA media moment number two. Except Josh, Josh just got the most out of the, the two fighters, Nate Diaz and Jake Paul. Like the most from all week. The, for all week. The, the, the biggest soundbite. Also, I mean, we're talking low-level IQ stuff here. Uh, this is about as immature and and really just empty-brained as it's going to get. Josh knew that. But Josh, once again, because he's a content machine, Josh Cohen helping Jake Paul and Nate Diaz deliver the content moment of the week leading into their fight tomorrow night in Dallas. What happens if the two of you run into each other on a dark street and there's nobody around? I'm going to bend him over and like a cowboy. Right. In this situation, who's the good guy? Who's actually the bad guy? Jake's the gay guy. (laughs) Yes, sir. Standing on business. I'm going to grab your cheeks in the ring on Saturday night. Trust me. Hey, everyone, look out. I'm grabbing his cheeks. Trust. (sighs) Some good old-fashioned fun for the whole family homophobia there from, uh, (laughs) from Nate Diaz and Jake Paul. Have a good fight tomorrow night, guys. Trust. Trust. I mean, it's just. So, so childish. Um, it's almost just like playing with kids. For, they are. For, they they, they have Josh. the intellectual. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Because Josh's intellectual level is like up, up, right. up, up here. And Jake Paul and Nate Diaz's intellectual level is like down, 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 like 50 feet into the into the earth. So, uh, so Josh did it again. Josh, uh, hey, hey, media members out there in Dallas or, or meatball brain fight fans, you're welcome. Because Josh did it again, and he did it for you. Good work by Josh. I, 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 I'm, not being, I'm not being sarcastic. Like That's a good job by Josh Cohen. At all. It's, it's, a, it's a great job. 
And uh, he'll be on. I'm sure he'll talk about it at four today here on uh, on ESPN 106.3. Uh, when we come back, I feel badly about this, but um, Demarcus Ware probably should have just stuck to getting inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll hear his rendition of the National Anthem when we come back. Yikes. He's Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.